Dive into The Divider, Trump in the White House, 2017 through 2021. Go inside the Trump Oval Office, from the chaotic beginnings to the violent finale, with unprecedented access to cabinet officers, top advisors, family members, and Trump himself. New York Times bestselling authors Peter Baker and Susan Glasser offer a riveting must-read portrait of America's 45th president. The Divider is in stores now. Getting that just right temperature or getting an energy-efficient appliance. It's not only about making smart changes today. It's about creating brighter tomorrows with simple steps to save energy. Plus, you'll help protect the environment for years to come. A better world for you, your family, and your community. Get started with rebates and discover what energy-efficient choices can help you power what's next at AlliantEnergy.com rebates. You're listening to Building the Broncos with Nick Kendall and Carl Dummler, Broncos Country's leading draft and scouting analysts. Get on over to milehighhuddle.com to sound off on all things Broncos. Welcome in, folks. Welcome in. It is July 12th, Tuesday night. This is time for an episode of What's the Hat Say? Building the Broncos. I am Nick Kendall and joined by, as always, Carl Dummler. Carl, how you doing? Happy Tuesday. I'm good. I'm melting out here a little bit. We mm-hmm. we got out of our restaurant on Sunday and my wife goes, Oh, look, it's it's 109 for like thinking it was the time. Nope, oh. that was the temperature outside. Oh my god. So <laughs> a little bit it, melting out here, but but otherwise really doing well. It's like a hot 82 here in Seattle, which is uh, pretty <laughs> hot for this time of year. I mean, people don't right. have air conditioning, but uh it was pretty hot upstairs in our new house, but yeah, Carl, welcome to the new studio here. I got Ooh. some, I don't know if you can see, I have some Cardinals hats in the background too. Some Iowa Hawkeye stuff since uh, you are a, uh, by, by no choice of your own Iowa Hawkeye fan now, but uh, welcome in everyone. We're going to get into our, one of my favorite shows that we do every off season where Carl and I kind of go through the AFC West and craft our own, each individual AFC West team. But before we get into that, let's say hello to some people in here. Dylan Von Arks, of course, saying sup Broncos country. Make sure you guys hit that like button on the way in and subscribe if you haven't already. Diamond Rattler's in the house too, saying boom, let's ride. We got Shades in here saying evening Broncos country, saying uh, I bet we'll have a few on the list. Yeah, just uh, tune in, wait and find out. Um, we'll, we'll see some on there. Uh, Dale's in the house too, uh, saying evening, Carl. Nick, Scott, Dylan, Diamond, Shades, and all of Broncos country, everyone. Also, evening to Paul. Good to see you, Paul. Paul say a few names as well. We'll get into it for sure. Um, we got uh, Dale saying these MHH shows and people that participate help me more than anyone would guess. Well, Dale, you know, we're always here as well. If you want to reach out, um, we're busy, so we might not respond right away. A lot of things going on, but uh, we are here. Um, so yeah. if you need us, you know, reach out, of course. Um, we got some more folks coming in here. Mike S. is in here saying, hey, Dale, where's our he- hello, Mike? What's going on here? Um, here it is. What's up, Broncos country? Good to see you. Um, we also got, uh, of course, Jeff Noise in the house saying hello, Nick, Carl, Dylan, and all at Broncos country. Good to see you, Jeff. Bronco gang in the house saying Denver Broncos for life. Good to see you, Bronco gang. Um, and uh, answering question today's question six makes the all West team. So, how many players uh, in the Broncos? You guys let us know in the comments. We'll tally up afterwards. I actually did not uh, tally up how many Broncos players I have on our team, but it's a good amount, mm-hmm. uh, actually. It's more, yeah. like, more than last year. Oh, it's definitely more than last year for me. And uh, I went back. I'm like, oh, man, this feels a little homeristic. Maybe I should change some of these. But I'm like, nope, stick to your convictions. If you believe this is actually the best player, go with it. And some of them I will be like, you know, like tie goes to familiarity or, or just you know, guys that I'm more familiar with. And we'll be wrong about plenty of these guys. But uh, still kind of fun to go over the AFC West. I don't know if Ernie Mays is in here. He's going to be irritated at us um, talking about uh, why don't talk about any team but the Broncos. It's important to talk about your rivals as well because you want to know your enemy. Um, we used to do a whole show um, when we were recording multiple uh, building the Broncos a week where we would, uh, you know, go through. It was the scouting the enemy and we would really just dig into the enemies. So uh, good times. The Man, a lot of lot more work on those ones. Yeah. I don't know if we said hello to Greg Smith. Good evening to you, Greg. Jetty Splash is in here, too, uh, with a smiley face. Hope you're doing well. Um, John Williams also coming in since I'm going to post to Josh McDaniels, two daughters and a wrong matter. Did you hear about that? I did not, but, uh, those are two people. So it's unfortunate that, uh, that happened and, uh, I will not be looking it up, but, uh, that's, uh, that's, it's gross. Yep. I was going to mm-hmm. say, uh, leave, leave families out of it. Yep. These players, Ab- can t- they've signed up for it. Families have not. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Kevin Gray, uh, I think of love Carl and Nick showed, uh, shows, 
uh, going to be a great show. Let's write. I think that's what it says. I think you said it's, I think that's you, Carl. That's how I'm going to start calling you now. Um, we're going to change your name to that in our group chat there. I like it. Travis Weber in the house too. Good evening, Nick and Carl and Scott in Broncos country. Good to see you. Roy Osborne, of course, coming in saying good evening, Nick and Carl and Scott. Gary Leeds Palmer, always with the support coming in here saying good afternoon, Broncos country. Awesome to see you here. And uh, let's start getting into it here, Carl. Uh, how do you want to dive this apart? I guess first thing I should say, I have it on my phone here. Um, the format of our show is that our teams are a little bit more. I think we have a little bit more offensive players than we do defense because we listed two running backs, three wide receivers, one tight end, the whole offensive line, and one quarterback. Right. Uh, but um, do you want to go defense first? Do you want to go offense first? Do you want to start with the quarterback? Do you want to start with the secondary? I mean, I'm gonna, what do you think? Well, I mean, uh, let's start defense. Okay. And, and save the offense because, you know, obviously everybody's excited about where the Broncos offense is going. But uh, so I, I think we might have a few surprise players in there. I think that's where maybe we'll have more disagreements even is on the offensive side. Okay. So I'm going to, I'm going to be working in the background here at the same time, kind of working on our list here of uh, each of our teams, but uh, I'll let you start. Um, who's your first player position and team and name, of course. All right. Well, let, let's start with edge. Cause that, that's first on our list. We go edge three in, interior defensive linemen, then another edge player, you know, Speaking we're, we're kind of edge real quick though. Guys, hey, you, yeah, you, do you need something with an edge to get after your, you know, downstairs? You definitely do if you haven't tried the best products from our sponsor today, Manscaped, talking about an edge there. Taking control of your downstairs is important. These products are so good. They're going to be showing pride in your new, I guess, bush-free yard. Uh, it's a fact that you will have to be the best-kept uh, area in the cul-de-sac. Uh, save big and be the most hygienic version of yourself by using our discount code MHH for 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com. Um, of course, I always like to talk about, I am in backpacking season again here and I did bring my handy dandy crop mops, um, on a, a three day adventure. I had that solo tented that. So, uh, had the tent to myself could have been stinky, but it doesn't feel good to be dirty, even in the back country. So I brought my crop mop with, uh, love those always. You have the lawnmower 4.0 with the electric trimmer. Um, it's, you know, downstairs area, they right here. It's the downstairs worst nightmare, but uh, I think it's the best area. It's a, it's a dream because it's going to be down there and you're going to reduce um, any sort of uh, grooming accidents or shaving uh, loose hair on skin down there. So definitely want to be looking out for that because the ceramic blade and the advanced skin safe technology. Um, also, guys, again, 20 percent off with free shipping at manscaped.com. If you use the code MHH, it's time to level up from your downstairs Amazon to the a Magdon? I don't even know what that is. Uh, with the ultimate bushwhacking tools from Manscaped. Well, clean it up, boys. Manscaped.com. Use promo code MHH for 20% off. Um, and uh, Nick, you're a slide dog for that ad. I just all of a sudden was like, oh, we got to get that in here early. So uh, there's your edge for you. Travis Weber, come in to support. Thank you so much, Travis. Um, we also got this uh, Bronco gang saying patiently waiting upon this electrical season. Going to be a good season. Um, Phil McLaughlin, always a big starter here for us as well. Um, saying good evening, Nick and Carl and Scott. Awesome to see you here. Um, and Lawrence Rivera, fantastic, coming up here saying, what's up, guys? Just got home and tried to run to the shower, but little one has seen me and is now crying his head off. Gotta love being a dad. I mean, I don't know about the kid there, but uh, I have big windows in my front now, and the dog hears my car come up, and this goes ballistic. I had a little bit of garbage in my car, and if I didn't uh, go to the door first to greet him, he would have, like, scratched at the window in the door of the, the new rental. So <laughs> had to go in first. So I, I get it. You can't be sneaky. Uh, they know it's coming. Um, and, uh, super Phil. Yeah, absolutely. Phil McLaughlin, big time stars. Phil, you're a, you're a real one here. Good evening, Nick and Carl and Scott hashtag let's ride. We love you, Phil. Thank you so much for joining us here. And, uh, now that I'm done talking about, you know, manscape and everything here, Carl back to edge, uh, your first player here. Okay. I, I think this is one you and I are probably going to both agree on Joey Bosa edge for, for the chargers. Uh, I mean, he's been one of the most consistent guys you're in, you're out. One of the best hand fighters, strong as an ox, great against the run, really good against the pass. I, I think just one of the best all-around edge rushers in football. Do you yeah. do you have him on your list? I do have Joey Bosa. I think he's the okay. best edge uh, defender in the division, uh, still very much in his prime. Um, again, you mentioned it. His hand technique is amazing. He's super strong. He's a you know both a multiple-tool player. One weird thing about Joey Bosa always makes me laugh is that for how good he is as a pass rusher, I think he's – notched zero pass defenses in his career, um, which is 
insane. You know, like, buddy, you, know, you put your hands up. Maybe it's in Taco <laughs> Shelby Harris or something. But, uh, yeah, Joey Bosa, definitely, I think, the best edge uh, defender in the division and uh, somebody that we both are going to agree on here. So, yes, Joey Bosa for sure. The Los Angeles Chargers, unfortunately, have a good bit of players that uh, we are not rooting for. I'm not rooting against, per se, um, a lot human beings and, and playing football here for the most part, unless, you know, they – choke slam their child or some stuff, you know, the Tyree kills kind of things. But mm-hmm. uh, other than that, I'm not pulling for them either. So Joey Bosa listed here with the edge. And we all got Gary Leeds Palmer coming back in here uh, saying, Hey, Nick, Carl and Scott, looking forward to your breakdown. Go Broncos and let's ride. Thank you so much, Gary. We appreciate you. Um, 500 stars, 500 big old stars here. Maybe that's enough for the uh, 500 stars on the James Webb telescope. Have you seen those images, Carl, man, God, <sighs> what, what a time to be alive. Uh, I, I showed incredible. my kids today and they were going, Oh, that is so cool. We should print that off and put it in our house. Yeah, I mean, it's really not a bad idea. No, let's do it. I mean, <laughs> I saw a funny tweet today. It's like they showed the picture and it's like, man, the people who made the bowling alley carpets in the 80s knew what they were doing. Like, this is exactly <laughs> what it looks like. Um, so uh, thank you so much uh, for the stars, Gary. We appreciate you. Great stars here. Um, Carl, I'm going to kick it off to you again. Do you want to go interior defensive line here? Or do you want to knock off both edge rushers? Let's just go ahead and knock the edges off here. Okay. I- I'm going to go, uh, as Dale Fleming says, Crosby, Max Crosby of the Raiders. I I love this guy. I, I think he's one of the more underrated pass rushers, not talked about as, as much as he should be for what he brings to the table. You know, the, the Raiders, as much as they messed up that first round pick in that draft. Farrell. Yeah. <laughs> Getting Max Crosby later completely made up for it because he has been a first round talent in the NFL. And I think that pairing of Joey Bosa, Max Crosby, I think you're looking pretty darn good. You know, th- this is a tough group pick from because you got yeah. Khalil Mack. Uh, you got Jones as well coming in here now to the, the AFC West. But uh, like I said, I just love Max Crosby. I think he's been very, very consistent. You're in, you're out bringing top 15 pass rush ability in the NFL. Yep, I uh, I also have Max Crosby um, written down here. I was thinking maybe you'd go with Chandler Jones. Maybe you'd go with uh, Bradley Chubb. But uh, no, Max Crosby, I think, is the guy who deserves the shout out here. Um he did put up a lot of his stats, you know, in small, I guess a small amount of games, but that's, you know, that's how pass rushers work, right? Yeah. They get hot. It's kind of like being a hitter in baseball. You know, you get hot and then on a streak and then you have lulls and whatnot. So uh, right. Crosby well, definitely up there. Didn't Chandler Jones have like five sacks in one game and then finish yep. the season with 10 sacks. Yep. So it, like you said, it just kind of comes, you get that perfect matchup where they didn't game plan well to stop you. You got a great plan going into it. Uh, you know, I, I think of was it the Raiders against the Broncos in 2015? Mm-hmm. Uh, Schofield, yep, where he got it by Khalil Mack, made it his entire season in that one game, pretty much. I remember um, there was a, like Adrian Claiborne had like Scott, I remember this one had like seven sacks against the Cowboys against Chaz Green at left tackle yeah. when like Tyron Smith is out. So sometimes it's like that. Um, but you're right, it was tough to pick against this one. Uh, Max Crosby definitely there. Chandler Jones deserves, deserves a shout out. Uh, other than that, though, I mean, I would be zero, I, here. Put a percentage. How shocked would you be if, like, end of the year, you know, we're doing these awards for players of the year in the division? One of these Broncos players uh, ending up on this all AFC West team? Not at all. I mean, it, it's Bradley Chubb. He has shown that huge potential to be a great edge player. I mean, that ten and a half sacks or whatever he had his rookie season. I, I think he can do better than that. Mm-hmm. And, and I think he can become that true all-around guy. And there, there's a reason he was a top-five pick, and everybody was shocked that Cleveland passed on him. They're at pick number four. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, there's – and on top of that, then you got Randy Gregory on the other side who, when healthy, he has been a force. I mean, that, yeah. that guy can get in the backfield in a hurry. He can disrupt plays like crazy. And I, I think he could easily become talk of the town. You know, when all these other big edge rushers got these big contracts, I understand it. They've been more consistent – more on the field than Randy Gregory. But I, I think on a play-by-play basis, Randy Gregory has been right up there other than getting sacks. It's the yeah. one thing that he's not been great at is actually finishing plays. But yeah. beyond that, getting pressure, he's right there with them. Yeah, I'm excited to see what he can do this year. Obviously, the pass rushing group that he's going to have around him will not be as good in Denver as it was in Dallas because, you know, Demarcus Lawrence and Micah Parsons last season, uh, but still I'm um, going to be a very good group here in Denver. I think either of these guys have a chance, but I really think Broncos country. I think Bradley Chubb's in for a big year and for yeah. good reason for him as well, um, because he's playing for that money. No doubt about it. Talk about speaking for the money. I'm going to roll right in here. Um, three interior defensive linemen uh, for the Broncos. And I'm going to go with my guy. Um, I, I think it was, oh gosh, um, 
Ryan Edwards over at uh, 706. I believe this blanking right now, um, but what Ryan Edwards does good work over there covering the Broncos. And he said, most underrated Broncos. They'd even list Draymond Jones um, as one of the players. And I think Draymond Jones is an absolute stud. One of the arguably one of the top 10 interior defensive linemen in football. And I think he's in for a big season. Absolutely. I'm listening to Draymond Jones as a, one of the all AFC West players um, on my team. So interior defensive line, Draymond Jones, big year. I'm excited to see what he can do. Yeah, I, I've got him. Uh, so <laughs> I don't know if I kind of did this on purpose a little bit. I, I did the Jones boys oh my God, on the interior. Are, are we going to be the same? We're the exact same. So far. I thought about Sebastian day. Uh, yeah. I, I really, I wanted to put him in there, but I just, I think when I'm looking at having Chris Jones and Draymond Jones, two great pass rushers, I'm like, I want that great run defender as well in there. And DJ Jones, one of the best run defenders in football last season. I know he had more talent around him, when you're looking at like what uh, maybe more talent, we'll, I mean, we'll see what the Broncos, if you, if you factor in the linebackers, I think you have to say right, that. Right. Yeah. Uh, but, but he's still, he's a great player that's deserving of the contract that he got. And he's going to be a great run stuffer for the Broncos and brings a little bit to the pass rush department. Mm-hmm. And so <laughs> I can't believe we're agreeing on all of these here. Uh, <laughs> we did not talk about these beforehand. I promise you. This is the exact same thing we did last year too. And I'm yeah. thinking, oh, man, I'm, Maybe I should put Sebastian Joseph day, but I told you, I kind of hinted at it earlier. If there's a tie, I'm going to lean into the Broncos just because I'd rather talk about them um, for this list. Anyway, I also think that we do want to give a shout out to, uh, even though he is on the downside of his career, uh, Jonathan Hankins, still a pretty good nose tackle uh, for the Las Vegas Raiders. Um, Somebody should watch out for there, but uh, definitely Sebastian Joseph day. Um, And you can follow the money as well. Sebastian Joseph day got a slightly smaller contract uh, than DJ Jones. I think Sebastian Joseph day offers a little bit more versatility, but he's not as dominant of a run defender. So right. all three of the Jones boys, uh, you're right. So far we are five for five matching here. We'll probably disagree about right tackle again too. And I didn't, did you cheat on the offensive line? Did you put like a left tackle at right tackle or anything like that? I did not cheat. I okay. went strictly if they're a right tackle, the problem, I mean, we'll get into this when we get there. Most of the teams don't even know who their starting right tackle is going God. to be. The right tackle is such trash in the <laughs> AFC so West. Bad. It's bad. It yeah. is really, really bad. Yeah. I, I think, honestly, there could be two other teams in the AFC West that would like any of the three Broncos players that are competing for that right tackle spot right now. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll get to that here in a, a little bit. quick question here um, from Chase. Since uh, we're already through the interior defensive line, you guys get in the questions too. If you have any of your own players here, obviously it'll be a little probably more lively when we're getting into the offense because those guys thanks fantasy football but more conversation about the offensive players but uh would you say that the broncos have the best nose in the division in dj jones uh what do you think here well i, I don't think he's strictly a nose tackle yeah you know M- mike purcell is probably more of your true nose tackle that's on this roster at this time dj jones you're going to move him all around i mean he can go clear out to the five tech if you need him to you know, he, he showed some versatility there with the, the 49ers. And I, I don't think you really want him straight up on the on the nose position at the zero tech. I don't think that's going to be his greatest strength as a player. So I think I think one tech and out is where you're looking for him. And I think it's partly why I, I've gone back and forth on Mike Purcell because I thought he had one of his worst years last year. I think there's a lot of times he caught he was caught guessing, trying to make the big play instead of just doing his job. And in a Vic Fangio defense, I know that's a cuss word in Broncos country now to say his name, but everybody, the, the way the defense works is everybody has to do their job. Perfect. You know, it's just, if you do your job, it's going to be a productive play, but if one guy goes rogue, things fall apart very quickly because other guys have to make up for what you've abandoned. And like I said, Purcell did that a lot last year. So I'm kind of interested to see how they use him this year. If he does make the roster. I think he will make it just because he he is that true nose tackle that they don't really have. Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. I uh, I agree with you 100%. I think maybe Jonathan Hankins is the best pure nose tackle in the division, but really you're not seeing so much true just, you know, zero one techniques in the NFL yeah. today. You're seeing a lot of versatility because not many teams are playing a five down lineman, including the edges out there uh, very consistently. So you need some versatility. I think DJ Jones is up there. Sebastian Joseph data deserve a shout out as well, though. Of course, um, John Williams coming in here um, saying, should the Broncos trade for Clellan Farrell? What do you think here, Carl? Well, I, I don't think that they would trade within the division one. I mean, I guess because they're maybe thinking about cutting him because he's just not that great. 
I, maybe they're going, hey, if the Broncos are willing to be the one team that throws us a draft pick, we'll take that. We'll take anything we can get for a guy that we're going to cut anyway. But I, I'm not trading for him. I think I know the Broncos have so much unknown at the edge position, but I think Farrell just adds to that. He's still an unknown. Well, he's really kind of a known. He's a very below average player in the NFL. And I don't think it's just because he's with the Raiders that that's happened because we've seen Max Crosby look good. Other guys have looked good on the edge and Farrell just has completely fallen apart. So mm. I, I can't, I can't get behind the idea of trading for a guy that's been below average on a below average defense. I mean, you just saw today. I don't know if you saw this yet, but uh, Nikhil Harry was traded for a seventh round pick to the Chicago bears. I mean, that's kind of what you're talking about here with Colin Farrell. And I guess yep. if you're looking for a flyer for that kind of body, you know, more run defense base package guy, maybe, but I think they'd rather probably just keep the Raiders would probably rather just keep him um, and give up a seventh. The Broncos only have what, like five picks right yeah. now for next year's draft. So uh, probably, probably not. There's probably, I would wait if you're really desperate for that edge type, you know, the more of the base package runs uh, edge setting kind of defender wait until the rosters are cut down from 90 to 53 or whatever. Right. So that that's probably the way to go. Um, we got Dom coming in here saying good evening, Nick, Carl and Scott Denver Broncos for life. Good to see you. Um, and uh, now we're going to roll right into the off ball linebacker. Scott's favorite words here or stack line Broncos. George Payton said in the behind the Broncos stuff, he called it stack linebacker. So I, you know what? Nobody can roll their eyes too hard at that one um, stack linebacker position. But first let's get into Ash college football's uh, comment here. looks like it's, he's got a, uh, Oklahoma picture there, I think. Um, but uh, man, Carl, we haven't talked yet. What do you think about the uh, the huge uh, news of UCLA and USC going to the Big Ten? Well, I, I wonder a little bit if this is going to be short term gains for college football with long term bad ramifications. Um, just you're going to have a lot of teams that are just left behind in this yeah. situation. You know, you're you're either in that the top two conferences of the big 10 or the sec or you're not and i think you're you're gonna have to be fighting to get into those it's gonna be kind of like that the soccer leagues where mm. if you finish last you're kicked out of the the conference kind of thing mm. and the person that finishes first in the the lower divisions big 12 i i don't know what's going to be left at the end of this but yeah uh, you know maybe they get bumped up into to that group i we'll have to see but uh, i'm i'm not a huge fan of it I, I've really liked how, you know, most of my life, these teams have kind of been in the same places. And now all of a sudden you have, you know, Colorado, Nebraska left the big 12. And I was like, oh man, this kind of stinks. And now we're seeing it at a higher rate. And like I said, I understand it. It's great power for the players. I think it gets them more opportunities to be seen, you know, for USC, especially being on the West coast, you don't get a lot of your games seen because they're mm -hmm. starting them at like 10 o'clock at night. Now those guys get a lot more attention. It gets them better recruiting, all that kind of stuff. I do worry again, just what happens to lower teams. Yep. Yep. Players just really aren't going to want to go there a whole lot. Yeah. I think it's uh, going to be, I mean, those teams are going to have more money in the NIL stuff. So it's just kind of, it's heading this way, but I'm surprised how quickly it headed this way. I think you talked about relegation. I think there's going to be the conferences might expand enough where there's relegation within these conferences. So like the big 10 tier one, big 10 tier two, sec tier one, sec tier two. So they still get in the money. Um, but then it's just within those own conferences. So yeah, we'll see. Um, really interesting. You talked about it, you know, it's kind of like soccer where they, it's always the same teams winning and competing. It's kind of already like that, Carl, for college, it is, it's yeah. Ohio state and, uh, Alabama, Clemson and Alabama and Georgia and LSU every right. other year. So, uh, yeah, but uh, who finishes last in the Big uh, Big Ten West? Wow, not Iowa, Nebraska. <laughs> um, who finishes last in the AFC West? Uh, for sure, I think it's going to be the Raiders. I don't understand why people are saying the Raiders have a snowball's chance uh, right now. I, th I think Derek Carr is a good player. Devontae Adams, one of the best three wide receivers in football. Um, they probably have the best edge rushing duo in football, too. They have some key players at key spots, but they have. I don't think there's an argument to be had. They have the worst offensive line in the division. They have the worst back seven in the division. They have the worst quarterback in the division. You can't be three for three in those areas and compete. I, I think, and also they're gonna have the second hardest schedule uh, in the division. So right. I just, I don't know. Also, we can get into more of the factors here. Like last year, they were, were like what negative sixty four point differential making the playoffs. Their Pythagorean wins had them like ranked as the twenty fourth team in football when they still made the playoffs. That was a team that vastly overplayed their ability last season. They got yep. a little bit of luck. I mean, sometimes it's like that with a small sample size schedule and everything, but. That to me all points to massive regression on top of what the roster looks like. Yeah. 
you could you could probably say the same a little bit about the Bengals. I think they, they were 17th yeah. in DVOA last year. Mm-hmm. Got lucky with Lamar Got going hot. down. Baker Mayfield went down. Pittsburgh, Big Ben was on the last leg of his career kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, so they, they kind of got into it a fortunate event. I, they have a lot of young players, so they have a lot of room to grow and become a lot better team. But, uh, but yeah, I, I agree. I think the Raiders definitely look like the worst team in the division, and they're still a good team. Don't get me wrong. I still think every team in the division wins at least seven games this year. Yeah. It, it just they all have that much talent that they've added. But uh, I, I think for me, the big thing is with Derek Carr, when he's had his best years, they had great offensive lines. Like he needs that protection. He's one of those kind of quarterbacks that if he just doesn't trust the offensive line to do their job, he's not going to be able to hit those great targets that are out there. And he, he just, he gets a little bit scared ever since he broke his leg. That was mm-hmm. the the big catalyst that really changed him, took away some of his aggression. And mm-hmm. I, I just, I think this year that he's going to struggle a little bit more than people realize. And he's learning a whole new offense too. Mm-hmm. Josh McDaniels has one of the most complicated offenses in football. So yeah. I, I think People might see them come out really slow, especially, you know, losing first four or five games of the year. I just, I don't know. I think it's pretty obviously uh, going to be the Raiders as the team that should be picked as last. I mean, that's what Vegas is saying, but like, I think almost a whole two wins on the win total between the Broncos, Chargers, Raiders, and Chiefs, but uh, we'll see. Um, let's keep it going here. Linebackers here. Uh, this is not a great linebacker division. Um, just kind of go through it right now. Uh, some of the names here, obviously I just said that the Raiders have the, worst back seven maybe one of maybe one of the worst back sevens in football i think they did improve their cornerback room but if you talk safeties and linebackers as well not good uh, denzel perryman jayon brown and kenny young uh not good chargers have uh kenneth murray drew tranquil who are okay and the chiefs have a uh, nick bolton and willie gay i think honest to god with how bad this room is uh, without not excuse me how bad this room is um the, the division is at the linebacker spot the stack linebacker spot specifically Josie Jewell is actually going to be listed as one of the guys here uh, for me. And I don't think it's just me being biased. I really think that he he's very he's solid and uh, solid is standing out in the room that we're looking at here uh, for linebacker. My other stack linebacker here had an incredible season last year. Um, probably one of the better run stuffing linebackers in football. Nick Bolton. Um, I think he's both these guys are neither of them are really sideline to sideline coverage guys, but both of them are amazing in the box. You can play lighter boxes because they're that good. Uh, in that area. So I'm going to go Nick Bolton and Josie Jewel, and I'm going to guess that we're the exact same. We are. <laughs> You're right. Nick Bolton, his rookie year, showing a lot better than I thought he would for, especially early on in his career. Uh, I thought about Willie Gay a little bit just because of that athleticism he brings to the table, the aggression. I thought he played pretty well as well for being a young guy and has you know plenty of room to grow. But I think Josie Jewel just has proven to be one of the most consistent all-around linebackers in football. Yeah. You know, he's good against the run. He's decent against the pass. Uh, he's, he's smart on the field. He's the captain on for the Broncos there on that that defense where, I mean, I say captain. He's the signal caller on the field. Yeah. And the Broncos really, really missed him after he went down last season. You, you could just tell. It took him a long time to kind of get things even back out as the season progressed. And so I, I think he's one of the more underrated players returning this season for the Broncos. Yeah. Absolutely. And we're talking about the rivals here. Jay Kozad chime in. Good to see you, Jay. Says uh, Kansas City is the only rival um, to me, to him. I would say that the Raiders are definitely a rival as well. Um, they are, they annoy the hell out of me. Their fan base does. I don't really cheer against the Chargers, um, but uh, we had somebody saying, uh, here we go. Ash coming back in saying Chargers fans have been talking a lot with the offseason they've had so far. You mean Charger fan? I mean, it's just such a small. Can you find one? (laughs) They're they're out there, and I feel like they're like they have small dog syndrome. They're a good team. They they have right to uh, put out their chest a little bit. I think this season, but uh, still not a very prolific fan base there. So maybe this you know small dog bark loud um, going on there. But uh, we'll see. Um, Let's keep it going here. Uh, We have the secondary coming in now. Let's list both our. So we the way we're doing the secondary is five players. Um, One hybrid player. I put in nickel back specifically. Uh, and then you have uh, two boundary corners and two safeties. So let's get those two boundary corners uh, on the way first for the all AFC West team. Well, Patrick Sertan, yep. he definitely makes the list. I mean, the ESPN just put out there talking to GMs, front office people who are your top players. And Patrick, Patrick Sertan, I think, came in seventh on that list after one season. I mean, this guy, he has proven that he's going to be something special if he stays healthy. 
I love him for the Broncos, and it's just nice to have another possibly historic cornerback being added to the Broncos. And on the other side, J.C. Jackson. You know, I, I do question a little bit leaving that Patriot system, which has shown to do really well to set up corners to have great seasons. And sometimes when they've left that environment, they haven't thrived quite as much. But I still think J.C. Jackson is a great cornerback, and I think he's going to do well there for the Chargers, With especially they have those pass rushers that can get after the quarterback. Yeah. They, they've got plenty of other players that can make his life pretty easy. And so I, those two is the boundary cornerbacks. I think it would be tough to find other divisions that have a one-two punch at cornerback like that. Ah, oh, man, that's a totally different question. I'd have to go through um, yeah. in my head to think about that one. Maybe uh, the NFC North with uh, Marlon Humphrey and Denzel Ward would be pretty high up there. Um, the Let me see, the AFC East, you have Tredavious White and Xavier Howard. Um, those are two really good guys as well. But uh, definitely tough. Um, I have the same two. J.C. Jackson and Patrick Sertan. Patrick Sertan, an emerging superstar, uh, no doubt about it. And he is... Uh, I think going to be one of the better cornerbacks in football here pretty soon. Entering his age 2022 season. So he's still just a baby. God, so young. And uh, this year he actually should have, well, the Broncos secondary last year was pretty good overall. Uh, the pass rush and the inability to play with the lead definitely was detrimental to Patrick Sertan's ability, especially to make plays on the football should see that much more this season. So I'm really excited to see what he can do, especially with pass rush in front of him. Um, pass rush is a coverage player's best friend. So have a chance to play the ball more uh, rather than, just his his guy so it will be fun to see and jc jackson you made an interesting point i want to get a little bit more on the specifics of what the patriots do uh, or have been doing uh that is the reason why these cornerbacks tend to fall off though what bill belichick likes to do and they've played a lot more five zero five uh ace kind of front um recently in out there in new england but with his cornerbacks he's like to have his number one cornerback play College can be expensive, but saving now can help your students save later. Give your child's college savings a boost by registering for a chance at a $1,000 savings plan deposit for 6th through 12th graders. Sign up today at iowastudentloan.org slash register. As an Alliant Energy representative, I really enjoy helping businesses save. Today, I visited a business that asked for a free energy audit. After walking through their facility, I let the customers know how much money and energy they could be saving. Plus, I gave them an action plan detailing how to improve their energy efficiency. I showed them how they could save even more with rebates from Alliant Energy on equipment upgrades. If you are interested in saving energy and money, schedule a free energy audit at AlliantEnergy.com slash energy audit. One-on-one coverage against the team's number two wide receiver and then work in a double team on the team's number one wide receiver. So you don't often see the Patriots number one cornerback going up against number ones in the league. And that's fine. I think it works. I mean, two guys better than one. You can have help. It's obviously <laughs> it works pretty well for the Patriots out there, but it'll be a different scheme um, out there with the cover six going on their match quarters that Brandon Staley wants to run. So we'll be interesting. We were in agreement so far, every single spot, a little annoying, Carl. Gosh, damn it. Is it your, are you behind me? What's going on? You were with me when I made the list, I think. Uh, but we got Lawrence Rivera coming in saying, uh, how are the Broncos going to keep Russ healthy when he has uh, to face Cleo Mack and Joey Bosa? I mean, he's had to go against Aaron Donald and Nick Bosa and DeForest Buckner and Chandler Jones and all these guys for a while and stayed relatively healthy. So I think your best bet is to hopefully he understands that he's got to protect himself and get rid of the football and, Sometimes it's better to lose a down to win the long-term war. The, the Manning self-sack. Yep. I know it annoyed so many people to watch it, but hey, I'd rather that guy be healthy than take a big hit. Yep. You know, you, you lose five yards. Who cares? He throws it away. Who cares? He, he's going to make up for it on another play. So, yep. um, yeah, I, I guess you could say the same thing about every other AFC West quarterback. Yep. How are they going to deal with these guys? How are they going to deal with what the Broncos are bringing to the table is Draymond Jones, Chris Jones out there as well. All the guys that we've listed there on that front, uh, the front four, front five, whatever you want to call them. Um, you know, all the teams are going to have that struggle. And I, I think honestly, the Broncos probably, if we're looking at the one, two punch at tackle, probably have the best tackle duo combined. Now I, I wouldn't say that they have the best left tackle. I'm giving away what I'm going to say at left tackle here, but um but right tackle, you know, like I said, I, I think they just have a little bit more talent overall combined. So they they can do a few more things if guys stay healthy. Um, but at the same time, 
every team's gonna have to prepare for these guys and figure out ways to slow them down. Yep. Absolutely. Um, and we got the we had Joe Kramer come in a few times here. Joe over on our Facebook page, as uh, Scott said, we get a lot more conversation at the Mile High Huddle page if you want to join us there. Um, so and Ash come in and also saying Seattle's offensive line has been terrible as well. They have, but also Russell Wilson's getting a little bit older and those hits add up. So do want to think about ways that we can keep him healthy. Uh, Jay come in and saying, I think they have to be the Chiefs once this season. Hopefully so. Carl, you're gonna end up going to that Broncos KC game. You're not you're not too far. I know it's gonna pretty penny probably getting out there to that game, but uh heading out there uh i haven't decided yeah i haven't decided yet um got to talk to the wife and figure out might be an early christmas present for me this year kind of thing um the kids keep talking they're like oh we got you got to take us to a game now so now i got to figure out how i'm gonna get the kids to all the game and and uh make that all work so that that might be the game i've got some family and friends that live out that way uh that we could stay with so we don't have to have the hotel costs and all that but yeah any of you guys that are going to be out at one of these games, I'm hoping maybe I can make a game in Denver as well this year. I'm kind of in between the two places. Hmm. I'm a little closer to Denver than I am Kansas City, but it's uh, it's kind of right there. I could go either way, and it's no big deal. And so, yeah, hopefully, oh. hopefully we can oh. meet up sometime. Go either way, no big deal, and we'll meet up sometime. <laughs> this is good. They're getting raunchy in here, baby. Woo! Oops. No, um, let's keep it going here. Uh, the uh, we are now talking nickel cornerback. Maybe we'll finally get off here. Um, who do you have as the uh? Well, let's do both safeties first. We'll come back around. I think we'll probably have the both the same safeties here because there's not a lot of uh, obvious options out of these two. And these you could argue that these are the best two safeties in football uh, going on right now. Um, we have uh, obviously Justin Simmons deserving of a shout out, but also Derwin James. When Derwin James healthy, sorry guys, I'd probably take him over Justin Simmons, but health is a big factor. And Derwin James has had a lot of injuries, so uh, I think right now you could make it an argument that Justin Simmons is the best safety in football, and uh, you're more likely to get you know, 17 games from him than you are Derwin James. I, I want to disagree with you, but I can't. I mean, it, like I said, this is probably the two easiest choices when you're looking at that one, two punch for a position. Like I said, both of them have that argument when, when healthy, they could have that argument to be the best safety in football. Uh, I think Justin Simmons, that same ESPN thing that they have going on, Justin Simmons was voted the number one safety in football. Mm -hmm. And like I said, he's been consistent, not only on his play on the field, but he's been healthy pretty much every single season. And uh, it just, it's been great to have him as a Denver Bronco. Now I am interested to see what the Broncos do moving forward since they've drafted so many young safeties. What's yeah. going to happen with Justin Simmons. I mean, I think we know Jackson's probably gone after this year and I'm not trying to say Justin Simmons is gone here in a year or anything like that. I'm just, you know, when you start looking at, contracts and and things like that his is going to be pretty big here coming up yeah yeah it will be really interesting to see uh what happens and how he does there but it's a big year for justin simmons we'll see what happens to the broncos safeties as well we got uh coming in here Ooh, where is it at there we go michael saying please nick guy hasn't even played derwin james has played he's played 2,429 snaps in his career so far. So missed a lot of 2019, uh, missed 2020 as well, but 961 snaps last year. And he was incredible as rookie season. Uh, he's a good player. Um, it's uh, is what it is, but the chargers, you'll see if they are overhyped, um, we didn't list our quarterback yet. I'm not going to go that crazy with that, but first uh, the last, the fifth defensive back coming in here, I'm going to go with you first because I think maybe this is one that we'll disagree on, but I know better than that. We're probably going to say the same person. I, I went with Bryce Callahan. Okay, we're different. That's okay, great. okay. He's another one that has struggled to stay healthy. But when he has been healthy, he has been a very good player on the field. I mean, with the Broncos, outside, inside, he was, for a couple years there, the best cornerback the Broncos had, which is saying something. They've had some really good cornerbacks through here. Uh, like I said, he just hasn't been able to stay healthy. He's Every single season, he's missed games. I, think, I don't think he's had a single season where he was healthy the, the entire year. Yeah. Who do you have? Rodarius Sneed. Rodarius Sneed over in Kansas City. Um, different kind of body uh, for that cornerback position, you know, 6'1", 193, but he has been really good at that slot position. He's kind of more of a safety cornerback hybrid, but that's kind of where the game is going now with the big slots. You know, the there's not many Wes Welker, Brandon Stokely-esque slots uh, going on right now. You have like Hunter Renfro, and that's about it. I mean, people think of Cooper Cup. Oh, he's white. He's like that. He's like 6'2". 210 like he's a big dude uh for that slot position so a lot of these cornerbacks are getting bigger and uh sneed i think has been really good he had a phenomenal rookie season uh played over a thousand one hundred snaps last year a really good run defender as well um so he deserves a shout out i would be zero percent uh shocked if uh kawan williams has an incredible season this year for the broncos and maybe gets a shout out here um but i think right now the jerry sneed 
deserves a shot. He's one of the more underrated players, uh, I think, in the AFC West. See, I, I was going off of our lads uh, mm -hmm. depth charts that they have. Yep. They have him listed as an outside cornerback. He's played mostly in the slot. So maybe I, I know he that. has. You're yeah. right. I, I guess I should have thought of that. They have their their new rookie, Trent McDuffie, playing that mm. nickel. I could see it. I'm not sure. Um, he's played. He played mostly slot, so I put him there. But uh, would would you have put Snead there then if that was the other way around? Maybe. Probably because he he has been that one. I hated that that draft because that was a bad cornerback draft. Yeah. And he's been like that one guy that played really well for the cornerback position pretty much year in year out. And uh, and I hate that the Chiefs are the ones that got him late in the draft. But yeah. so you're right. He has been a really good player. Probably. I, I would take him over Bryce Callahan just because, like I said, Callahan has not been able to stay healthy. He's getting up there in age. There, there's a reason that he didn't get a huge contract here in free agency. Yeah, and uh, just kind of digging into that, 684 slot corner snaps last year for Snead compared to 259 on the boundary. So uh, way more slot than uh, in the boundary, but we'll get into it here. Um, we got Juan saying, shout out, Nick. Shout out, Juan. Hope you're doing well. I'm guessing this is Ernie Mays coming in here saying hello, Nick and Carl go Broncos. Good to see you, Ernie. Sorry, we're talking about the division today, not just the Broncos, but plenty more Broncos to talk about on here as well. Um, Jay Kozad coming in saying uh, Herbert seems to be the real deal, but I still need to see more. I feel that way about Herbert and Joe Burrow, um, but both of them look incredible. I think if yep. there is a redraft of the whole league right now, they'd be two of the top four picks uh, taken along with Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes, which is unfortunate because that's four AFC quarterbacks, but uh, la-di-da, la-di-da. Uh, DeAndre Weatherspoon coming in here with the support. Thank you so much, DeAndre. It's been a second. Hope your yeah. summer is going well, and uh, we appreciate you. So, Carl, our defensive team is done. We had one disagreement here in the the last one. Thank God, um, just for you, not because you know I want to be totally different than you. You're cool, Carl. I can I, I can mimic you some, um, but um, don't want to be exactly the same. So that's good. Uh, let's get in now to the offense. Let's just go right into it. The quarterback. Um, I think it's probably a pretty easy one to get into. Unfortunately, amazing quarterback division four quarterbacks in the top 12. I think not very much of an argument there, but uh, I think Scott and I talked about the, uh, the ranking of the quarterbacks that just came out from ESPN, where they asked the executives coaches per pro personnel scouts and players uh, to rank them. And uh, this guy came in number two. I think he's an argument to be one a or one B Patrick Mahomes. He's the best quarterback in the division. Maybe he's a little bit overhyped, um, but I think he's absolutely incredible. Um, been on a, I don't think any quarterback has ever put up the statistics the first four years in the league, our first four years playing as Patrick Mahomes had. It's unfortunate, uh, but he's uh, really, really good. Yeah, I don't want to put him there because, and I think it's more because his wife and brother kind of annoy me. <laughs> you know, it's bad that they're the ones that, that cause things like that. But it, it's also because he just annoys me with some of his play. Cause yeah. it's like, he shouldn't be able to get away with this stuff, but he does. He, he does things that just most quarterbacks, they'd be going to the sideline coach would be yelling at him. Andrew Reed's going, keep doing it, bud. It's working. And, uh, he just, he, he's good. Really, really good. And like I said, he's on a historic pa uh, pace right now. Probably needs another couple Super Bowls to really get into the talk of top five quarterbacks of all time. So oh, he's, he's got, way, he's got ways a, away from that. Yeah. But. He's a long ways, but I mean, the way he started his career. Yeah, I think most quarterbacks ever would take what he's done here to start off with. And um, so I, I am interested to see his number one wide receiver finally gone. How's that going to work out? And maybe it works out almost a little bit better where he's not so much targeting Hill every single play. Um, I think it was kind of interesting hearing Hill talk about it because he's like, you know, there's all these times I'm open and I, he's not looking at me and but every wide receiver says that, that they're always open. Just throw it to me. Uh, with Travis Kelsey now being a little bit older, there's got to be a time where he starts going that downhill trend. Is that this year? Is that another couple more years down the road? We'll have to wait and see. Um, and we got but, Ernie coming in here saying, number one, the Broncos, Wilson, two, three, four, Broncos, Wilson, Wilson, Wilson. <laughs> so, uh, yep. There we go. And Jay Kozad coming in and say, yeah, I can't stand Mahomes, but he is great. Um, Carl, I guess here's a question for you. God, this is, I don't even want to ask it, but I'm going to have to now. Uh, let's say Mahomes has a down season. Who's the other quarterback in the division that is most likely uh, to end up in that spot for the best quarterback in the AFC West? Justin Herbert. And you know what? Screw it. I'm just going to go with Russell Wilson. We're going on vibes, baby. I think Herbert's incredible, but he doesn't have the uh, the complete weaponry uh, that uh, Russell Wilson has. And I think Russell Wilson has a little bit. He's playing for a little bit more uh, this season 
than Herbert. Herbert's already kind of arrived. He's being dubbed. I think people are sleeping on Wilson a bit. So I'm going to go Wilson here, but I, I don't think you're wrong also at the same time for uh, saying Justin Herbert being the other guy here. They're, he's incredible. It's uh, it's unfortunate. Did you see that quarterback list I was talking about uh, yeah. earlier? What do you yeah, think I, about the um, five, six, seven, eight being Burrow at five, six being Stafford, seven being Herbert and eight being Russell Wilson? I have a little bit of problem with, I guess, Stafford, because he's kind of been up and down throughout his career. I, I really love Stafford. I think he is a top yeah. 10 quarterback, but maybe having him quite that high. I think that's a little bit of that Super Bowl. They go out there and win it. I think he's getting a little bit more hype with that. Um, I, like I said, I, I do really like him. Mm-hmm. Joe Burrow, again, he's kind of up and down with his play a little bit, maybe a little bit too early to be dubbing him as a top five quarterback in football. Not saying that he can't get there because he is great. Mm-hmm. And I, I think he's, the only the best is ahead for him in the NFL. I think people really underrated. I know he was the number one overall pick, but I think people are kind of going, oh, it's a little bit of a down draft. Burrow's not got the strongest arm. He's not the greatest athlete, all those kind of things. But man, that guy just makes plays. Yeah. When, when that team needs something, he just shows up. And, uh, and he's done that throughout his college career, now in the NFL. Um, so I, I don't have too much of a problem. Like I said, th- that top 10 list, most of them I'd agree with. And you can kind of change up that order quite a bit. And the only player that I'd maybe say they were a little bit too low on, Lamar Jackson, I thought he probably should at least been in the top 10. You know, we're only a couple years away from when he won the MVP. Yeah. Was one of the most outstanding quarterbacks, you know, just that electrifying ability, both the run and the pass. Um, I I think his injury last year, yeah, slowed him down. And you got to wonder a little bit, how much does that take away some of his athleticism moving forward? but I still would put him in my top 10. Yeah. Don't disagree. Okay. Uh, back at it now, back to back running backs here for the, uh, the list here who says running backs don't matter. We're going to list two of them. And honestly, I added two here because I think that I want to list both Broncos players here, uh, Javante Williams and Melvin Gordon. Uh, I think the Broncos have the best two running backs in the division. I do think there is a discussion around, uh, Josh Jacobs, but he wasn't that good last year. I thought he was kind of a down year. I'd rather have what Javon, uh, what uh, Melvin Gordon did last season uh, than what Josh Jacobs did behind, on a better team. So uh, give me Melvin Gordon and Javante Williams. I think the Broncos had the best two running backs in the entire division. I, I went with Austin Eckler. Okay. As one of my guys. I, I know he didn't have the, the best year last year, but he also didn't have a great offensive line in front of him. He still put up, I think it was over 900 yards rushing, um, I think he put over 600 yards receiving. So I, I think that all around running back ability and pairing him. Some of this was me thinking of, okay, if I'm building the perfect team, Javante Williams, that hammer that just let's go up the middle, let's go pick up those tough yards. Let's have this guy break tackles. And then Austin Eckler, that third down guy, that specialist that can really mm-hmm. make teams have to game plan for him. That was kind of my thought there. And, and Melvin Gordon, he's a great third down running back too. So I'm not trying to take anything away from him. But I just feel like I'd rather pair those two together if I had the choice. I'll take what the Broncos have. Just give me those to hit sledgehammers, yeah. man. They're both good. They're both different, but they both are uh, ass kickers in my opinion. So did you say Javante Williams is the other one too? Yep. Okay. So leaving Melvin Gordon out. The disrespect. No, I'm I know. I'm sorry. Yeah, he's coming after me now. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, it happens. Um, but okay, so now we're on to the, uh, the wide receivers here. Um, you have... I guess let's see. So three wide receivers. Um, yeah. Please let me know who you have here. Um, you can just list, list all three here. Okay. So first one, Devonte Adams. You, you said it earlier. Easy. Top three wide receiver in football probably has an argument for number one. Really? Yeah. Uh, I, I know Cooper cup did his thing this last year, but Devonte Adams, man, that guy is special. Love him. Uh, Keenan Allen getting up there a little bit in age, having some injury problems here last couple of years, kind of hit and miss. But still, I mean, one of the best route runners in football and just been year in, year out, a great player in the NFL. Hard to leave him off my list. And then I decided to go a little bit of just, I guess, projection here again. Cortland Sutton. I love that guy. I I think he has one of the best all-around games uh, at the wide receiver position. His ability to win with some quickness. I mean, the, the guy can make cuts like crazy. He's really improved his game since his rookie season. And I still think here a couple of years ago when he put up that 1200 yards receiving with probably the worst quarterback situation in football that yeah. year, you know, he had Joe Flacco, Drew Locke, Brendan Allen, Brendan Allen, <laughs> and he still put up those kind of yards. You know, it's kind of, yeah. 
like McLaurin with uh, with Washington. You know, he hasn't had a great quarterback situation, but he still puts up big stats. And so that's why I still think Cortland Sutton's going to be a great fit. And I think he's such a perfect fit with, with Russell Wilson. His ability to go win those deep balls, those 50-50 balls, come down with them. And I, I think those two are going to be best friends by the end of the year. Yeah, absolutely. Phil McLaughlin coming to the big stars here. I think he's asking about the order of the division. Um, one through three, you can list them 1A, 1B. I guess I'm going to put the Chiefs at the top until we see. Um, honestly, I think they are a worse team, but they have the best quarterback and the best coach in the division. That goes a long way. So uh, Chiefs number one. After that, I think it's a 2A, 2B situation. The Broncos are the Chargers, which everyone can stay healthiest. Who's it going to be? I don't freaking know, but whatever one can stay healthiest and then fourth being the Raiders. So uh, thank you so much uh, for the support, Phil. Um, we appreciate you double dipping today, man. That's awesome. Uh, T coming in here saying Nick was your take on the Iowa Hawkeyes this year. Um, I guess I poop on the uh, Raiders so much about this. I should just be real with the Hawkeyes. The Hawkeyes last year, were a team that didn't make any sense for their win total. They negative point differential. Um, they squeaked out a bunch of wins, terrible offense. Uh, just, I, I expect them to be better this season, but I, also think their win loss total will probably regress uh, because last year they played way over their head uh, in their win loss total. So uh, we'll see. They had a bunch of special teams fluky. I mean, good shout out to LeVar Woods, good special teams coach, but um, probably better than anything Denver's had in a long time. But uh, I expect them to regress some in the win loss column, but still be a good team. And they're, they're starting to recruit a lot better too. So I think I was on the up and up um, will be interesting to see here. Uh, we got Benjamin Flores in the house. Good to see you, Ben, saying good evening, fellas, from Huntington Beach with the family. Summer vacation 2020. Well, don't hang out with us too long. Uh, we appreciate you stopping by, but make those memories, man. Uh, he says, keep up the great work. My favorite duo. Oh, that's super nice, Ben. Actually, don't go away. I need you to hype up our uh, ego a little more. Go Broncos. <laughs> go Ben. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thank you, bud. That's that's great. And Huntington Beach, man, that is a beautiful place. Glad you and the family are getting away for a little bit and getting that time to, to recharge. Yeah. Absolutely. So uh, my wide receivers here, um, I'm agree with you on Cortland Sutton and Devonta Adams. I'm going to go with the other Chargers wide receiver. Somebody who I was not that high on uh, coming into the draft was high on him it, before the year before he came out. Then I thought he kind of had somewhat of a down year, but I think he's really emerging as a good player. And the money says so as well. Mike Williams, very good player. I think that you talk about trying to fit the scheme around these guys. I think Devonta Adams played as much slot last year as he did boundary so if i want to go three wide i'm going to play adams in the slot pretty easily and feel good about it. i think sutton actually is going to have a lot of chance uh to play a slot this year in denver as well so i'm going to go with a big x guy like mike williams who's also a butt kicker a uh, a red zone weapon and a blocker so uh, mike williams i think he's an emerging stud and the chargers were smart to keep him around and pay him i so. i hate to admit that he has played much better than i thought he would because I, i'm with you i did not like him coming out of college i don't like guys that can't get separation and I thought that was one of his biggest struggles coming out of college, but his ability to win those 50, 50 balls has just completely made up for it. I mean, that, that guy, some of the strongest hands in football. Yeah, he's uh he's good. He's not, I don't think he's better than T Higgins um, out there in uh, another, both Clemson guys, I think, right. Was Mike Williams Clemson. Am I mistaken? Yeah. Okay. Not as, I don't think quite as good as T Higgins, but a really good player. So uh, let's keep it going here. We don't have to waste too much time on this one. I think tight end, Travis Kelsey, right? That's a Travis Kelsey, the best one. I mean, Darren Waller down season last year, um, but still a really good player, much younger, but uh, Travis Kelsey is probably the second best tight end in football behind uh, George Kittle. Of course, uh, Iowa Hawkeye legend can't be, uh, can't be outdone. Um, but the Travis Kelsey is incredible. Luckily for Broncos country, he's definitely on the downward part of his career. Still probably going to be good for a bit just with how he plays, how crafty is it finding space, but uh, on the other end. Yeah, I, I thought about Darren Waller for a second. Like you said, he's a little bit younger, yeah. a little bit more athletic. And I think the Raiders are going to really want to, to highlight him in that offense for sure. And, and people are going to be trying to stop Devontae Adams like crazy. So between those two, who are you going to try to stop? But at the same time, Travis Kelsey every year just shows up, puts up a thousand yards, decent blocker. I, I think he's a little bit more underrated than people give, give him credit for when he as, as a blocker there. Not great. He's yeah. not your Iowa Hawkeyes kind of guy, but he's still good. And so I, I think maybe we're still a year out before we really start seeing him decline as a tight end and maybe get back down under a thousand yards as a receiver. Yeah. Nope. I uh, totally agree with you on that one. Will be uh, interesting to see how much longer you can be great. I'm getting tired of him, um, but a uh, good player and uh, good for the game, I guess. 
he said begrudgingly. Um, we're going to get on out of here pretty soon, but first, the offensive line. Uh, Carl, I'm going to pull up my notes on this one because I honestly do not remember who I put here after doing my research on that. So I'm going to give it to you first. We'll go uh, left tackle, right tackle, et cetera, et cetera. You know, left left tackle, left guard, excuse me. So we're reading the line from left to right. Yeah, left tackle was tough. Mm-hmm. Like there, there's actually four quality left tackles in the AFC West. Yep. And I, I guess I went with the young guy that I think showed just as well as the other two that I have on my list for sure. And so I think he's got more upside in Rashawn Slater. I, I thought he had outstanding rookie season. One of the, the better left tackle seasons we've seen for a rookie. And I, I think he's going to be a great pairing with, uh, with Herbert out there. I think those two are going to have a great relationship. And so I, I just, I had to go with them. I think he's got a great all around game. I think he's a pretty, pretty good in the run blocking great in the pass blocking and like I said, I, I really went back and forth. All four of them I'd be happy with. Yeah, I totally agree with you here. I had a hard time debating this one. I think Orlando Brown Jr. probably pretty squarely last, in my yeah. opinion. Um, after that, if you want to take any of them, it's uh, uh, who's who. I would not be upset if you took Garrett Bowles, Rashawn Slater. I'm going to go Colton Miller. Uh, very impressed with them. I think he's been a really good underrated player. Um, he kind of is a the only guy on that Raiders offensive line that is pulling the rope in the right direction, it seems. Um, but he's a really good player. Could see Garrett Bowles there this season as well, but did want to give a shout out to Colton Miller um, specifically because I think he's a really good player uh, coming out of UCLA and has taken big steps forward uh, each year he's been in the league. Really good player. Rashawn Slater, though, I mean, also incredible uh, player, though. So now we're on to left guard here uh, for the Broncos, or for the Broncos, for our <laughs> all AFC West team. Uh, this one's probably pretty easy yeah. um, for us. Uh, Joe Thune, uh, yep. one of the best guards in football for the uh, Chiefs. I guess I'll just go quickly here. Uh, Chiefs have a clean sweep here for a left guard center and right guard for me. Unfortunately, um, I have uh, the likes of a, obviously two rookies there at center and right guard from last season, but they were incredible. Um, Creed Humphrey at center. And then uh, Trey Smith last year, my God um, was a really highly rated recruit, but he, they found blood clots in his lung that lungs that had him drop from potential first round pick, second round pick all the way to the sixth round, I believe was sixth round. And he was awesome last year. Unfortunately. Yeah. Awesome. So the chiefs have a clean sweep for me on the interior offensive line. I did not have their center make it. I you didn't have Creed Humphrey. I did not. Woo. All right. Just uh, it's hard for me. I want to see him do it a couple years. Like, like I said, he was outstanding last year. Don't don't. I, I almost put him, but Corey Lindsley. I've really liked that guy when he played with Green Bay. Now coming down here to the Chargers, I think he's been really one of those players that just kind of made that offense work. Like Herbert was showing real promise, but then getting that guy to pair with him to give him that great mind to get, get those guys all on the same page. I just, uh, I, have, I have a soft spot for Corey Lindsley. I really wanted him with the Broncos. That was one of those guys on my list for free agency that I was like, oh, just bring this guy in because I did not want a rookie yeah. in Cushenberry being the Broncos center. And I thought the Broncos really needed somebody to be that voice for the, the offensive line. And Glasgow was kind of that guy a little bit. But now even he might not even be a starter for the Broncos this year. So, um, like I said, I, I had to put him in there. I, I gave him the veteran bump over Creed Humphrey. Okay. All right. Um, and right guard. Yeah, same thing. Trey Smith. Trey Smith as well. Yeah. Okay. It, it. I want to put Quinn Miners in there because he had the the I'd say the bigger, better highlight plays of the two uh trey smith still had some great highlight plays too so don't get me wrong i mean they're both powerful people that can move people uh but yeah trey smith a little more consistent with everything into his game than quinn miners quinn's got a he's got more to prove at this point than trey smith yeah okay and uh this is a tough one here we kind of talked about it to start the show but uh right tackle god just close your eyes and pick a team because it's not very good i honestly listed billy turner here um, cause I think he's competent, um, if he's healthy, but, uh, don't feel good about any of the options. It's really kind of funny how opposite the left tackle is to the right tackle in the AFC West. You're right. I mean, right now on our lads, it has Billy Turner, Andrew Wiley, Alex Leatherwood, and Trey Pipkins listed as the starting right tackles in the AFC West. It's so bad. <laughs> that's, that's so bad. And sorry, that's I, terrible. It wouldn't surprise me if none of them were starting when the season actually kicked off week one, because none of them have earned that job yet. Alex yeah. Leatherwood, maybe just because he has that first round draft pedigree and he teams are so kind of like, we got to force it. I know he was, he was so bad. He might be the worst of those four. 
But yeah. right now, I'm with you. I went with Billy Turner. The guy's been in the league for a long time. He's had some decent moments during his time in the NFL. I'd say he's been better on the interior than the exterior, but I, I'll give the little bit of shout out to him. I, I think he'll be okay for the Broncos this year. Yeah, absolutely. Well, uh, we have our team here. I'm going to be pulling it up here in a second, just so that way you guys can see it um, before we get on out. Boop, boop, boop. Of course. Boop. So everybody play your elevator music for one second in your head. And we're pulling it up. There we go. All right. Can you guys see that? Did it do it? There yep. we go. Boom. So there's our teams, guys. Uh, you can screenshot that. Maybe we'll put it up there later. Um, but our uh, top top team, AFC West, uh, we'll see how it plays out. Always fun to kind of go through this and look at these teams. Uh, Carl, let's, uh, let's count them up before we get on out of here because it is 7 o'clock Mountain Time. Um, how many Broncos did each of us have? I think we had the same number uh, in the end. Nine. We have a yep. I had nine. Billy Turner as well. Yep. Nine and nine. Yep. That's a you know one third. So that's good news uh, for the Broncos because that's a better than one fourth and probably one fifth last year. So awesome to see. Um, we thank you guys so much for uh, joining us today. Uh, we're gonna get on out of here. Let's stop the screen share before we do that. Carl, what's the rest of your night looking like? I got a, a run ahead of me. Got about five miles of running. I'm trying to get up to a 10k, which is like six point two miles, I think is what it is. So that, that's my goal. I'm doing the couch to 10 K and I'm right at that point of five miles a night. So hopefully I'm hoping it's cooled off a little bit since earlier. It was like 90. I think today only got up to like 92. So I'm hoping it's maybe like mid eighties at this point. I hate what that. about you, man? Gross. Uh, unpacking, just kind of organizing the house, doing some laundry stuff. Not not very fun, um, but uh, stuff that needs to get done. And we got to Hein coming in saying, great show, gents. Hope you're doing well. It's been a second. Dylan Von Ark saying, great conversation as always, everyone. Make sure you hit the like button on the way out. A little bit goes a long way. Dale Fleming saying, great show, Nick, Carl, and Scott, and Dylan. As always, fantastic discussions, Broncos country. We appreciate you. And Jeremy saying, uh, go get it, Carl. We enjoy it. Chase Wilner saying, solid. Appreciate you guys uh, putting team bias aside analysis. It's not easy. We do our best to do that. I hate the, no offense to the people out there who do this, really lean into it, but like the pure fanalist kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. can't stand it tell tell me how it is i want some real hard-hitting stuff i'd rather hear somebody who's not connected to the team uh talk about them than you know somebody who is connected because i just threw that veil of the fan goggles not about it not for me so maybe sometimes i overcorrect a little bit in that regard but uh also one last question carl how was your uh, backpacking trip it was good other than our tent ripped our brand new tent first time out of the bag went to hammer in one of the stakes and uh the seam at the bottom ripped and I was like, oh, that stinks. Hopefully it doesn't rain tonight. And then it downpoured. Oh, my God. And so we had a stream running through our tent. And so all the family got on one side of me and I was the, the blocker. So my tent or my sleeping bag was completely soaked from the bottom to the top. And uh, I, I actually didn't get that cold, but definitely did not get much sleep. Uh, otherwise, kids loved it. They all said, we got to go do this again. And we're like, let's give us a few seconds to relax after this one. Man, uh, hopefully we have warranty on that tent. Um, we do. Brandon, good. Oof. All right, got to go to REI. Um, but uh, we appreciate you guys. Uh, we're going to get on out of here. Make sure you're following Carl and I on Twitter. Carl is at Carl Dummer, MHH. I'm at Nick Kendall, MHH. Also follow us at BTB Football Pod as well as uh, at Mile High Huddle. If you haven't done so yet, make sure you're checking out the merch store at huddleuppod.com. Get your gear on. I got the hats up here. I got the hats up at the top two, rotating them in and out. And uh, make sure you're following us at facebook.com forward slash mile high huddle and facebook.com forward slash mile high huddle pod. And of course, subscribe, like, and share. Hit that bell notification on YouTube so that way you guys know when we go live and uh, don't miss any shows. Uh, thank you guys so much for ha uh, joining us tonight. I'll see you guys again tomorrow morning on Scott's show, uh, Forging the Falcons. We'll be talking some Falcons there. And also tomorrow night, Mile High Insiders with uh, Luke Patterson. So make sure you tune in. Uh, until then, you guys choose kindness and choose compassion. Go Broncos. You've been listening to Building the Broncos. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com to keep the conversation going. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. 
Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. 